In John chapter 14, verses 2 through 4, Jesus teaches the following. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I'm going, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. So on today's episode of the Tove Podcast, we're going to take a look at this place where we're going, otherwise called heaven. Thanks for joining us today on this 90th episode of the Tove Podcast. You are listening to the Tove Podcast. Welcome to the Tove Podcast. I'm really glad you've joined us today. My name is Levi Hazen. I have the privilege of being your host as well as the Executive Director of Life and Messiah International. Life and Messiah is the sponsor of this podcast, and you can learn more about the work we do around the globe at lifeinmessiah.org. Well, as I mentioned on the introduction, this is our 90th episode of the Tove Podcast, and uh, it's amazing that uh, 90 episodes have already been recorded and published. And just wanted to uh, thank you all uh, for your uh, appreciation and for your expressions of thankfulness and gratitude and the questions that you send in. Uh, it's been a delight uh, to just walk through the Word together as, uh, as we talk about the Lord and His Word and His faithfulness with a, with a special emphasis on God's heart for the Jewish people. Well, today uh, I want to talk to you about a place that uh, we're looking forward to, and that is a place called heaven. You know, oftentimes on the Tove podcast, we've studied and uh, and had discussions about the millennial kingdom. Uh, the millennial kingdom is the Messiah's kingdom on earth, Revelation 20 tells us that it is 1,000 years in duration. And we talk about the characteristics of the millennial kingdom, but we don't often talk about eternity future. Uh, at the end of the millennial kingdom, in, in my particular view of uh, what's to come in the future, uh, we see that Satan is released for a short time, and then God uh, commits him for eternity into the lake of fire, along with all of his minions. And then after that is when we enter what most theologians refer to as eternity future. And uh, oftentimes the millennial kingdom and eternity future is just kind of lumped together uh, into the afterlife. But the Bible does make a distinction between these two different periods. And if the Bible makes the distinction, then it's pretty important, in my opinion, that we make that distinction too. Uh, I don't say that to disparage anybody who lumps the two together or anything, but just to say, you know, I think it's important to make the distinction between the 1,000-year millennial kingdom and the characteristics that are involved in that period 
compared to eternity future. And so we don't often talk about eternity future, uh, but I hope to today. And uh, specifically, we're going to take a look at 15 aspects of the future New Jerusalem. That is the Jerusalem that is described in the book of Revelation chapter 21. It's described in some other areas too, but Revelation chapter 21 is, uh, is a big chapter uh, for this idea. And although we could look outside of Revelation 21 and get even more characteristics, uh, obviously we're limited by time. And so for the sake of time, we're going to stick to Revelation 21. And I'd encourage you, if you have your Bible in front of you, uh, open it up and, and walk through these verses with us. If not, it's okay. If you're driving in your car, just listen. And uh, maybe you can read Revelation 21 at a later time. So the majority of our information today comes from a really great reference tool that I want to make you aware of. Uh, this is a publication by Zondervan, and it is Charts of Bible Prophecy. So I don't know what kind of learner you are. Some people are auditory learners. Others prefer to read uh, in their learning style. Well, I love to read, but I also love charts. I love dashboards. I love the metrics of just seeing where the gauge is at. And uh, so even when it comes to, to financial metrics, I love just a general dashboard to see how things are going overall, whether it's my personal finance uh, or the budget here at Life and Messiah. And so that's one of the things I love about this resource, Charts of Bible Prophecy uh, by Dr. Wayne House and Dr. Randall Price. Uh, I think you'd, you'd really uh, do well just to have this on your bookshelf so that you can look at different timelines and uh, different eschatologies and how they're charted out uh, and so forth. But without further ado, let's dive into uh, these 15 facts about heaven. And this is meant to really encourage you uh, that this is where we're headed. And just as we mentioned in John chapter 14, verses 2 through 4, uh, the Messiah told us he's leaving for a while but he's going to be preparing a place for us. And uh, in this place, there's a lot of good things. He mentions mansions. Uh, in other scriptures, we learn that there is a lot of other incredible things, which we'll talk about today. And uh, it's being prepared. And that's really exciting. And if you're a believer listening to this podcast, this is your future. And as much as the enemy might try to get you bogged down with thinking about things on this temporary earthly perspective, the Bible actually encourages us to keep our minds on the future, not on the seen, but what is unseen. Now, as the saying goes, we don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good, but I rarely meet people who are that heavenly minded. Uh, in my journeys, uh, I oftentimes, the majority of people that I meet actually aren't thinking enough about the future compared to what the Bible says about the future, both in the prophets uh, as well as in the book of Revelation and other places. Most people are, are so consumed with what's happening right now that they oftentimes lose the focus that the Bible encourages us to have, which is a focus on the future. So, to begin with, our first aspect out of uh, facts about heaven, the first one we're going to look at is this. Heaven is described as a glorious city likened to pure gold 
and clear glass. Okay, we find this in Revelation, of course, chapter 21 is where we're at. And in verse 11, it says this. It is arrayed with God's glory. Her radiance was like a very precious stone, like a jasper stone, bright crystal. Okay, so what we see there in verse 11 is that it's, uh, it's a radiant and it's, it's the radiance of a precious stone, like a jasper stone. It's bright as crystal. And can you just imagine a city that is bright as crystal? Uh, that'd be pretty amazing. And then in verse 18, uh, also reinforces the same aspect of the city. It says, The building material uh, of its wall was like jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. So interesting aspects there. Uh, And so our first fact about this future eternal city of Jerusalem is that it is a glorious city likened to pure gold and clear glass. Now, that brings us to the second fast fact. And I've already said it once in our description already. The name of the city is the New Jerusalem. We see this in verse 2 of chapter 21. It says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And so if you've ever heard the name New Jerusalem, that's exactly where it comes from. The name of the city appears to be New Jerusalem. So that one probably doesn't surprise you. Let's take a look at the third fast fact about the future New Jerusalem, this eternal city. The city is in the shape of a cube. Did you know that? that the future New Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven is in the shape of a cube. Its length, its width, and its height are all equal. So whereas our earthly cities today are spread out in all kinds of directions, and sometimes they go north and south, other times they go diagonal, this future city is a perfect cube. We learn this in verse 16 of the same chapter. It says this, The city is laid out in a square. Its length and width are the same. And then, of course, this angel, he measures the length and width, and they're all equal. And that is the exact definition of a cube. I find that one really fascinating. Now, let's take a look at the fifth fast fact about this future city. The city rests upon 12 layers of foundational stones. Wow, that's interesting. Each layer is inlaid with a different precious gem. We learn this in verses 19 and 20. It says this, The foundations of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. Okay, so we're talking about the foundations of the city walls here. And then it goes on to list these 12 different gems, ranging from jasper to sapphire, emerald to carnelian, to barrel and topaz, and all the way down through them. Really interesting stuff. Well, that brings us to the sixth interesting fact about this future city, and that's this. Each foundation, so each of these 12 foundations, has the name of one of the 12 apostles on it. And we find this in verse 14 says the city wall had 12 foundations and the 12 names of the Lamb's 12 apostles 
were on the foundations. Now, we know that there's going to be a king in this city, and the king, of course, is God himself. And we also see here our first indication that the king has decided to bring with him some Jewish flavor to this city. Now, whether or not there'll be other kinds of Jewish flavors not mentioned in the Bible, it's certainly possible, Jewish characteristics. But we certainly see here, there, in the foundations of the city itself, he has chosen to inscribe the name of 12 Jewish men. Of course, we're familiar with those Jewish guys. They're listed in the New Testament, and they're the 12 apostles. Now, that brings us to our seventh fast fact about this city. The wall of the city is made of pure jasper. We learn this in verse 18. It says, The building material of its wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. This little world we're visiting is just a temporary home for Since 1887, Life in Messiah has helped Christians understand the Jewish roots of our faith and God's ongoing commitment to His people. We teach that anti-Semitism is inconsistent with biblical faith and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which includes her spiritual renewal as well as physical safety. In all we do, our priority is to share the gospel message. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or at lifeinmessiah.org. That's lifeinmessiah.org. Well, welcome back to the Tove Podcast. We are talking about fast facts of this future city. And before we dive back in uh, to these, uh, the second half of the characteristics here, the Moody Bible Commentary points out that we, we learn things in this passage of Scripture that we don't learn anywhere else in the Bible. And quote, the eternal state is pictured as a physical place. I think that's really important. It includes land, Buildings, trees, and water. Believers will interact with one another and engage in meaningful service for God. This corrects some long-held misconceptions. Heaven is not a place of passive rest or endless, blissful contemplation of God. End quote. I think that's really important. Uh, Oftentimes, when heaven is depicted by painters or talked about in general, it's uh, pictured as uh, somebody strumming some kind of an ancient harp while we float on clouds, simply enjoying the presence of God. That is not the Bible's depiction of our future eternity in heaven. Uh, a, A book that I found really helpful that that really talks about what we'll be doing in heaven, that, that talks about these physical characteristics of heaven, is Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. Now, Randy Alcorn, phenomenal author, wonderful theologian, great brother. Uh, just so you're aware, in, in his book, he purposely uh, does not talk about the distinction between the millennial kingdom and heaven. Rather, uh, Randy Alcorn, I believe, is just trying to give a picture of the afterlife so that we can not only get excited about it, but also so that we are comforted 
as we lose loved ones here on this earth, we're comforted knowing that they are in a really great place. They're enjoying themselves and, uh, and they've got wonderful things to be doing, not soul sleeping or just floating on a cloud. Uh, so just be aware of that. But I, I do recommend the book. Uh, it's a great encouragement. That's Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. It's thick. Uh, it's good, though. And it's available on Kindle. I know that for sure. So I highly recommend it. Well, let's get back to our fast facts of eternity in this future city. And we just completed fast fact number seven, which is that the wall around the city is made of pure jasper. We're ready for our eighth fast fact, which is the height of this wall. And we learned that this wall is approximately 216 feet high. Wow. We learned this from verse 17 when it says this. Then he, being the angel in this case, measured its wall, 144 cubits according to human measurement, which the angel used. 144 cubits gives us about 216 feet. That brings us to the ninth fast fact of eternity in New Jerusalem. And that's this. The wall has 12 gates placed in it, three on each of the four sides of the cube. We learn this in verse 12 when it says this, The city had a massive high wall with 12 gates. Twelve angels were at the gates. The names of the twelve tribes of Israel's sons were inscribed on the gates. So we see these gates. There's twelve in total. There's angels at these gates. And again, the Lord, in his sovereignty, in his choice, decides to bring in more Jewish characteristics of the city. Just because we're on into eternity future doesn't mean that God has forgotten his love for Israel. Doesn't mean that God has all of a sudden de-Judaized his creation. Instead, he places the name of his precious 12 tribes on each gate that surrounds the city. He's not giving up the title Lion of the Tribe of Judah. He's not giving up the title, the God of Israel. He's not giving up the title of the Messiah of Israel. He retains all those things. And in his sovereignty and in his love of Jerusalem, both the earthly Jerusalem and the heavenly Jerusalem, he is carrying forward all of these Jewish characteristics. For those of us who already understand that God loves the Jewish people and he's got plans for them, this is no surprise to us. And it really, uh, in my opinion, at least challenges those who say that uh, God has forgotten the Jewish people or he's done with the Jewish people or something like that. I mean, we're, we're not even talking about the millennial kingdom here. We're talking about eternity future, and God is still bringing with him his Jewishness. Uh, you know, Jesus is Jewish, and God is not forsaking that. Uh, he's bringing it with him into eternity future. Well, that brings us to the 10th Fast fact about eternity future, and that's this. Each of these gates, each of these 12 gates, is made of a solid pearl. We learn this in verse 21. It says the 12 gates are 12 pearls. Each individual gate, which again is named after one of the tribes of Israel, was made of a single pearl. The broad street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. That's verse 12 of Revelation 21. 
Can you just imagine what a gate looks like that's made of a single pearl? Perhaps God's using the angels or maybe he's doing the fashioning of these gates of single pearls. The God of the universe puts together a city. In fact, the God of the universe takes centuries upon centuries to put together this city. After he told us, I'm going away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring you to myself and I'm going to dwell with you. I mean, that's exciting. And again, if you're listening to the Tove podcast right now and you're not confident that you've got a ticket to get into this city, your ticket to get into that city is the Jewish Messiah. And it's not works, and it's not any other thing rather than belief in this Jewish Messiah. That is the work of God in our day and age right now, is to believe on him whom God has sent. Our 11th fast fact is that each of these gates has the name of one of the 12 tribes of Israel on it. We see this in verse 12. The city had a massive high wall, which we've already explored, with 12 gates, which we've also explored. 12 angels were at the gates. The names of the 12 tribes of Israel's sons were inscribed on the gates. So not only do we have the apostles' names on the foundations of this of these city walls. But now we've got the 12 tribes of Israel and their names inscribed on the gates around the city. Again, just another reminder of God bringing over his love for Israel. Uh, his, uh, his heart has been set on the nation of Israel. We learn that as early as the Torah, that God has set his name, he's attached his reputation to the nation of Israel. And he reminds them, it wasn't because they were so great in number, it wasn't because anything they had done, it was simply out of the Lord's choice. God has freedom of choice, you know. And what he has chosen, the nation he has chosen, upon all the different nations of the earth, the people group he has chosen among all the different people groups of the earth is the nation of Israel with the Jewish people. And as we've said previously here on the podcast, God has placed his flag. He's set his chosenness upon a specific group of people. And the world has never forgiven him for it. And oftentimes, I'll tell you that Israel seems to be a litmus test for our heart's position toward God. Are we okay that God has singled out a particular people group for certain purposes, for a certain future? Are we okay with God's choice in that? Again, the Bible teaches that that, that God has done this, but it doesn't mean that he loves Israel more than he loves the nations. It doesn't mean that they are his favorite. When we think about favorites in the English language, it's not about that. It's about his sovereign choice. And are we okay with God's sovereign choice of choosing Israel? Not only a past choice, 
It's a present choice, as Paul reminds us in the book of Romans. And there's future plans for Israel that are unique to them as a people group and as a nation. If you're not okay with that, then I'd just invite you to bring that before the Lord. Say, Lord, what is it about your decision to choose Israel and the Jewish people that doesn't sit well with me? Because the problem isn't with God's choice. (laughs) The problem is never with God's sovereign choices. God is good. He's, He's to be trusted. He's compassionate. So the problem is never with God's choices, whether it's having to do with Israel or something completely different. The problem, if there is a problem, always resides with us. Well, we are ready for our 12th fast fact, and that's this. An angel stands guard at each of these gates. Now, if you didn't pick this up before when we read verse 12, it's right there. It says this. The city had a massive high wall with 12 gates. Twelve angels were at the gates, and then the names of the 12 tribes of Israel's sons were inscribed on the gates. Fascinating that God is putting an angel at each of these gates. And in verse 25, we learn our 13th fast fact. And that's that these gates will never be shut. We see this in verse 25. It says, each day its gates will never close because it will never be night there. This brings us now to our 14th fast fact about this future city. And that's this. The main street of this city is made of transparent gold. So when people talk about walking the streets of gold uh, in the future city, this is likely where they're getting that idea from. It's right there in Scripture. The main street of the city is made of transparent gold. It says this in verse 21. It says the 12 gates are made of 12 pearls. We read that. Each individual gate was made of a single pearl. The broad street of the city or the main street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. So if you've ever wondered where the, where the phrase comes from, you know, he's on the streets of gold now to someone who has gone before us, who has passed away. That's where it comes from. And finally, and very importantly, our 15th fast fact about this future eternal city is that it is a place of holiness. We see this in verse 27. It says, Nothing profane will ever enter it. No one who does what is vile or false, but only those written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Are you confident that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? The Lamb's Book of Life is the guest list to who gets to enter this future city. And as we said earlier, there's one way to get on this guest list. There's one way to get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that is to believe in the Lamb and receive life. I'll conclude with the words of Paul in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Paul encourages us, Set your minds on what is above not on what is on earth. May you be heavenly minded as you do earthly good. Until next time, Shalom. This little world we're visiting 
It's just a temporary home for every soul he's living in It's time to break every chain We are forgiven Tread in a sea of sin I'm breathing